Let me check my and, text. And we're live as my mentee oh, tries man. to put me in check. <laughs> but it's okay. Welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am one of the co-hosts, Chris Gardner of Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me right now is Andy Yanez, who I guess he doesn't want folks to know he's with Paul Samajama or uh, the Community <laughs> Impact newspaper anymore. It so he's doesn't just fit. Andy Yanez <laughs> uh, and Tamer Knight. And now the fourth member, we'll have a fifth one joining a few minutes. Will Gibson from WTG Sports is here, as well as Tamer Knight of, are you still at the Night Agenda Tamer? Or is it, does that still, still, still apply? Absolutely. Okay. And well, honestly, people, first of all, thank you for joining. Um, how you doing? Oh, I, great. I Good. was kind of leery of, of what we're going to talk about as of Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I know Will's going to talk about the Ohio State game versus Minnesota. And then I was like, okay, then what else? Of course, we're going to talk about UVH versus Texas Tech. But then I was like, well, okay, that'll be about 45 minutes. <laughs> and then what are we going to do? Problem solved. No, no problem with that. We can talk now about I guess it's getting closer and closer by the hour that the Big 12 is going to invite four schools to join as members, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and the University of Houston. Different info has been being reported all day from various colleagues and, and sources. Folks, this really seems like it's going to happen let me preface. Let me say this. As a U of H alum, we are used to being burned before. We've been this close before at the two-yard line before. It didn't happen. Five years ago, I heard from a lot of folks in the business, alums, connected, everybody. U of H is going to be, it's going to be in the Big 12. It's done, it's done, it's done. Nope. Previous years, going back further. Going to Commerce Media Day, driving up with a colleague in the car, doing a story. He gets a call from a source. It's done. Nope. But this time, as of September 3rd, 2021, it seems like it's going to happen. Going to go to Tamer Knight first. What are your thoughts on the University of Houston joining the Big 12? I have a quick question before I answer. So I saw that on Twitter. It was just um, football joining the Big 12. Would that apply to all sports or would that just be football joining the Big 12? All sports for all four schools. Oh, awesome. I think the competition level is going to be a little bit greater uh, for U of H coming out of the American Athletic Conference, but I don't think it's some nothing that they can adjust to. Andy, what do you say? Uh. Obviously, it's great when it come, when you focus from the money standpoint that these schools. Well, first of all, what I think I think the American Athletic Conference, like I mentioned before, this move will cripple them. The three programs that they end up losing in UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, which have been reportedly the the three from the American Athletic Conference that the Big Twelve is looking at adding. Then you you add another team like BYU. I think those are four solid additions to the Big Twelve and. It's interesting that with a couple of reports today, I believe it was Sports Illustrated that said they'd be looking at adding all four of these schools by the 2023 season, which 
as of now, would make it before UT and OU left, which that was intriguing as well. And I asked you, Chris, do you feel like UT and OU would still be in the Big 12 if that happened by 2023? Hold that thought. Will, what are your, what are your thoughts first of, of uh, the announcements, all of them today about the Big 12 adding these four schools? Uh-oh. Can't hear you, Will. Will's muted. His mic is open, but I don't hear him. Nope. See, Tamer, Tamer stole Will's, Will's uh, power. Because <laughs> his mic is his mic is is not muted on my end. Try again, Will. Because we, yeah, we're not going anywhere. Come back, try come back and uh, to us, and we'll try again. Those darn gremlins, gremlins get us on Fridays and Sundays, Andy. So, but as you, as you referenced about the Sports Illustrated article, there are a few things. I, I'm not sure about the 2023 timeline. You know, Ross Dellinger and Pat Forty Ross reported from, S, from SI that it's a possibility that the Big 12 could be the Big 14 with Texas and OU for a year before they leave to go to the SEC. I don't, I don't know if, if that works. Try again, Will. How's that? Nope. Might be an issue with his computer with the mic uh, setting. And, and we, Will and I were just on yesterday on the lunch break of KYK with no problems. On Well, he was on with AJ and I was on the second hour. This is very strange, but okay. I'll try well, leaving and see if that works. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you can, you can try, but can I don't. Try. I don't think it's on your end, though, Tamer. We just, we just got to figure it out. You know, um, gremlins get us. But I just, I just don't see. This is my perspective on all of this, and get your thoughts on it, everybody. The possibility of Texas, Oklahoma and everybody else part of a big 14 for a year i just don't see that happening i i don't i don't see uvate cincinnati ucf staying in the american for the full 27 months that they have to give notice exit fee is going to be huge for uh ucf cincinnati's 10 million dollars negotiate and from that perspective i just want to come from this angle What's the point? Why keep these schools where they don't want to be? Why keep Texas, Oklahoma for next year? They don't want to be there. Why keep U of A, Cincinnati, UCF in the AAC for extra months? They don't want to be there. Or negotiate. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, we appreciate our membership in Conference X. Now it's time to move forward. Let's agree on the money and go forward. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. And uh, theoretically speaking, in a perfect world, that's how it would work. You know, heck, whether it's UTOU, listen, we want to go to the SEC, we'll do it as soon as possible. Or if it's UH or any of the other American Athletic Conference schools, but you know, you look at it, we did something we've spoken on. Honestly, we, we it always comes back to the money aspect. And you know, like you mentioned, you could totally see those three American Athletic Conference schools leaving earlier but you know what the, the american athletic conference is going to want now go ahead you can do it but they're going to probably ask for a lot more payout uh but 
I agree. In a perfect world, it should be okay. We have this invitation to go to this conference. Let's do it. See you. But it doesn't always work out that way. True. Tamer, what do you think about my uh, pie in the sky scenario? I mean, I agree. I, I, but I was actually just looking on Twitter and I saw something that said uh, Matt Musel from KHOU. He said that the deal was already finalized. That's a source. Well, yeah, everybody says the deal is finalized, but take it from a person who's been a part of it five years ago. I've been told the deal is finalized twice about U of H doing the Big Ten, Big 12. Twice. Didn't happen. So until the announcement is made, <laughs> presidents are supposed to vote Friday. Let me go back to Sports Illustrated because part of it, it says UCF, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati are expected to apply for Big 12 membership next week, and then the presidents are supposed to vote on it as early as next Friday. So if that happens, okay, then, then it's that's next week. Mm-hmm. So until then, I mean, I apparently UVA's legend Andre Ware said during football broadcast this evening, he thinks Houston should wait to be invited by the Pac-12 to join the Pac-12 instead of joining the, the Big 12. Uh, yeah, I don't see that happening at all. <laughs> Will, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me now? Hear all right, me. there we go. Yes, sir. There okay. we go. Thoughts on Just add your two cents. I'm at about 12 million, but um, I, I digress. Go for it. But, um, no, um, yeah, well, without question, it's, it's, it's a good move for all schools. You and I talked earlier, it's triple the money uh, payout from the AAC to uh, what the Big 12 is expected to pay out to those those three schools, at least. And then to localize it for, for me here in Ohio, Cincinnati, I know there's some talk about Cincinnati potentially joining the Big 10, but they never wanted to be the, the little brother. It's already the little brother. Uh, syndrome that they have with Ohio State and to join the same conference as Ohio State. That never was going to happen from their perspective. And then, um, I don't know, the cynic in me just when I see that, love to see the uh, travel itineraries for those uh, women's volleyball matches between BYU and Cincinnati. I, I love to to see that. BYU and UCF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so well that, we all know this, this ain't about <laughs> – the the Olympic sports. No. This is a football move. And then you get to men's basketball and women's basketball first down the line and then everybody else. Right. Okay, let me read this. And you know, this tweet just saw it from a source. Love the sources. Um Big 12 is getting a short five-year extension on the current TV contract. This is from C. Austin Cox, who go- covers thought. a lot of AAC sports. A five-year extension, a TV on the TV contract to show BYU, UC, UCF, and Houston stability. ESPN could not get West Virginia into the ACC. Next move was to strengthen the Big 12 with additions, allowing Texas and Oklahoma to leave early. ESPN's in-game through all this. That that's, ESPN is a player here. I'm going to get back to you, Andy and Will. Last show, last Friday. I asked y'all if y'all thought the comments from Bob Bowlesby, the public comments accusing ESPN of colluding with the American Athletic Conference, 
would shut the door on ESPN and future negotiations with the Big 12? Both of y'all said yes. Yeah. Right? Right. Yep. And I was surprised that y'all said yes. And then I tossed out there, well, what about, you know, money talks, folks. Money, strange things happen. People change their tune, negotiations, all those things. Well, days later, here we go. But this is what I think, because, you know, last week I was hot about the report from Max Olson that the current members of the Big 12 left over eight were leery of adding Houston because of Tillman Fertitta's comments five years ago calling the process then a sham. And I called out all those folks, called them cowards. Four days later, uh, the stance is softened from those member schools, and they're okay with Houston joining the conference. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what changed. Could it be ESPN, the sports higher-ups and TV said, look, the TV numbers that y'all have right now aren't good with your eight. You're going to add Houston. We need that Houston market. You're going to add them. You're going to take the money we're going to give you, and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. I think that's how this all came down. Last week when the Pac-12 and the Alliance announced with Big Ten and ACC, and they said they were not going to expand and invite teams from the leftover eight, the options for those schools dwindled. So instead of allowing the American to be aggressive and post them, the big leftover eight was the aggressors and post the big three schools from the American. That's how I think this plays out. And let me say this one thing. As long as the big 12 has autonomy status and the AAC does not advantage big 12. So that's why I'm fine with Houston going to the big 12. Now, I'm not saying five years from now, if the Pac-12 comes calling, Houston won't go to Pac-12. Because, you know, for a while, TCU was a vagabond. TCU bounced around from a few conferences before joining the, the Big 12. So that could happen five years from now. Right now, I'm just saying, whatever deal they get with ESPN, the new deal, new TV contract, let's say it's $20 million per school. That's less for the leftover eight. It's going down 35 to 20. But for U of H, Cincinnati, UCF, that's more than six. Okay. That's more than six. That's more than seven. So this is is no brainer for me from those three schools' perspective. Heck, BYU's contract with ESPN for football. I've seen different reports. It's about four million to six million. Once again, 20 million is more than four or six. So for people questioning, well, why would these four schools join this the Big 12? It's, it's a weak conference. Do the math. You deal with the other things five years down the line. But right now, take this deal and make the best of it. Tamer, your thoughts first. I mean, now that you bring up the money and the aspects and you break it down that way, <laughs> I think, I think um, like you said, you U of H, if they do end up bouncing around, I think that's great. I think um, it's more money. Um, they get more exposure on their games being on television. And 
My main concern, though, will be, will obviously if Cincinnati and um, these teams move from the AAC, it's the same level of competition for U of H as far as those t- teams. But what about the other teams that we've seen, you know, um, do numbers in the past seasons? Uh, how would that not belittle, but, um, you know, decrease uh, the amount of potential that U of H has within the conference? Oh, I think U of H in the Big 12 opens up recruiting channels that they could not get, did not get, or do not get currently in the American. Just just the, the label of saying to two potential recruits, we're a power five conference. That's going to carry some weight. That, that's, that is big. And people can say, oh, they're power five for only a few more years. They're power five. Period. They're a power five. Right now in the American, Commissioner Michael Resco can say we're a P6 conference. He says that. Employees of the conference say that. Nobody else considers the American a power conference. Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, in the Big 12, they're power conference schools. That, that carries cachet. That's going to be important and a benefit in recruiting. Not sure where Andy went, but oh, here he is, because I want to get him on this this next scenario. What's the TV deal? I wonder. Oh, this is what I hope suggest happens. I would like to see the new Big Twelve reach out to CBS, not CBS Sports, CBS Network, to fill to replace SEC football. You have them because the SEC is going to be on ESPN all over the place. They're going to get all the, the primetime slots. You go to CBS and sit, negotiate. We like the 230 slot on CBS. CBS give you, it won't be SEC money, but let's say it works out to 10 million per school. You add that, combine that to your ESPN deal, then your money stock 20 million plus 10. That's 30 million. You're getting closer to what the Big 12 leftover eight has right now. If CBS wants content, they need to fill that content. Beat CBS, beat the Pac-12 to CBS in those time slots. Thoughts on that? Anybody? Yeah, I think from a financial perspective, uh, I'd imagine you're already looking at once if they if they do decide to add those four schools and everything goes through as it is being reported by several outlets. That that would be the smart thing to do, especially that was something I was going to mention before I got cut off in terms of the ESPN deal that we, we just saw. Um, is that 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 is a report, correct? The, the five year. Um, it's an extension. Yeah, I think yeah, that's an extension from because and this is all going to play out and. This is one thing that U of H, the new schools, and BYU, because BYU's deal with ESPN football for football was a six-year deal. Roughly, they signed that, I think, last year. So they still had some years on that deal with ESPN. So they got to change, renegotiate, change a lot of things. BYU, as an independent in football, they have already scheduled football opponents for years and years in the future. So what's going to happen with that? So there's a lot of things still in the air and still to be determined, but the money aspect, BYU's time slot as a Mountain West team, 8.30, 9 o'clock, 
Okay, that gets you one time slot on ESPN. Then you got to fill others on ESPN too. But you got that CBS time slot, two thirty in the afternoon. Somebody got to get it. Assuming, of course, CBS wants to get back in college football. I think they don't want to pay what the SEC was commanding. So I just tossed it out there. Be proactive. You got Cincinnati market, Houston market, Dallas market, BYU as a national brand. Come on, CBS. Join the fray. James Mueller from the Daily Cougar. How are you, sir? Good, good. How are y'all? Uh, no astro cap on today for James. Okay. <laughs> Got the haircut looking sharp there, James. I like that. Thank you. All right, Mr. Daily Cougar sports editor, share your opinions on the rumors slash reports about Houston being part of the four guys joining the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, I've heard um, from people what everything that's been reported in terms of, you know, that a vote should be or like they should make their official request to join the Big 12 um, early um, next week. And then I think it's September 10th is the date the Big 12 will vote on, you know, approving those requests. I think it's definitely last week at uh, Cage Rage, um, which was the UH like football pep rally. Chris Pesman hinted at that when he was speaking to um, some of the Cougar Pride members, which is a donor club, just saying like he was a lot of there was a lot of opportunities that they were exploring and um, that he was excited for where uh, the school may end up. So I think um, this was expected. Uh, of course, nothing's official yet. So, I mean, we got to wait for it to become official, but I think ultimately it's a good move um, for Houston um, just in terms of money and just getting into that power five uh, label that they've always wanted to uh, be in because, you know, the American considers themselves a power six, but they haven't gotten that respect. So I think it, is a definite boost for the University of Houston as a whole. Well, let me get you, let me see if I can pull up the numbers here. From fiscal year 2020, hmm. per school, Big Ten, 54.3 million. It's from USA yep. Today. Yep. SEC, 45.5 million. This is per school. Hmm. Big 12, 37 million to 40.5 million per school. That's excluding excluding local media rights because there's no really Big 12 linear network. Pac-12, 33.6 million per school. ACC, 30.9 million to 37 million per school. The American per school is six. Okay, six to seven. So even if when Texas and Oklahoma leave, the Big 12. Projections are the per school number per million per school would go down to 20 million per school. Once again, viewers, this is a no-brainer. Get that bag while you can. Why not? Get that money. Well, and this is this is before the Big Ten renegotiates. A, few, yeah. a new deal. This is before the SEC's do, TV deal with ESPN kicks in. So I'm really surprised at the folks questioning or hating on this is five years too late. 20 million, 6 million. 
what's yeah. what's 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 done is done. Twenty million, six million. Tamer. Got a question from Juan M. And this, I think he missed this. We talked on a little bit right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Answer this question. What are your thoughts on these four schools, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, joining the new Big 12 while Oklahoma and Texas are in the Big 12, making it a Big 14 for a year? I mean, I, it's, it's going to be... I, I agree what you said when I asked about um, the potential U of H has in, in the Big 12 uh, upgrading from the AAC. To me, it's just the level of competition is going to be different. Um, while UT and uh, Oklahoma may not be the two top teams in football um, for the conference, they are. Uh, I think they have a little bit more – of a ch- they th- they pose more of a challenge or a threat to U of H and Cincinnati and the other two Houston Cincinnati, um, but I mean as far as it's to me it's just a level of competition. I think um, we've kind of seen uh, these teams play each other in like off seasons and things, and we see what happened like often um, they it's never really a good game for U of H or these other teams that, that go against these powerhouse schools. But like I said, I'm just eager to see what it is that they can do. And if it is a big 14, then, Hey, I mean, we all know that Oklahoma and Texas will only be there for a year. So I think this will be the time for U of H Cincinnati and BYU and all the other schools to just showcase what they have, what they're capable of before these two guys leave the conference. James, what are your thoughts on a possible negotiation buyout between the Big 12, Texas, and Oklahoma? Then UH, UCF, Cincinnati with the American. I think it needs to happen. Just yeah. Move on. What are your thoughts? I mean, I agree with you. I th- I think this is very similar to, you know, like the James Harden rocket situation. When you have a guy that qu- clearly doesn't want to be there, you know, it just looks bad on the entire organization. And the same thing like UT and OU have expressed, you know, they don't want to be in the Big 12 anymore. They're ready to move on to the SEC. And even though they can't do that for a while, technically because of their contract, I mean, it, it's, it's not the best look for the Big 12. Um, so I think a buyout will happen. I don't think uh, either of UT or OU will be in the Big 12 through the length of their contract, I think they will get to the SEC sooner. Um, and the same thing for the American. Um, these schools already, I mean, assuming this goes through and, you know, it's ma- made official, schools like UH, Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, they've expressed, you know, we're ready to jump ship. We're ready to come to the Big 12. So what's the point of them sticking in uh, their conferences? Um, that's just my thoughts on that. And and from the American's perspective, this is for everybody. You need to move on too. You need to invite replacements. So the sooner you form your new conference, why wait? Why prolong this? Why have during the broadcast of your games? Well, Houston Cougars are, are playing Cincinnati. Well, you know, both of them are going to the Big 12. Uh, Houston Cougars are playing UCF. Well, you know, both of them are going to the Big 12. Houston Memphis basketball. Well, you know, Houston's going to the Big 12. Over and over and over. Who wants to hear that for three years or two and two years and three months? Why do that? 
Why go through that? Andy, you're right. The money's huge. SI talked about in the article today, I thought the money was comp was 80 million per school, period. Ross talked about the grant of rights and exit fees as two different things. So that's almost like 200 million per school, you know, for Texas and Oklahoma. That's a lot of money. So from that perspective, obviously I could see the Big 12 leftover eight wanting that money. But same thing with them. Do you want over and over? Do you want media? Every media event, game, etc. Well, you know, the Longhorns really want to be in the SEC. Oklahoma really wants to be in the SEC. Media days, coaches, administrators, presidents. What are your thoughts about this? What do you thought about? Well, you know, Texas is going to leave eventually, right? Why are you, you prolonging this? What about that aspect of it, Andy? Yeah, real quick, I wanted to go back to from a from a Big Twelve standpoint. If there was a bit of a gap where you have the four teams: Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU joining for whether it's a year, a season in twenty three or twenty four, one of those years before UT and OU leave, and they decide not to give the the, the payout to leave early. From a selfish standpoint, I, I, James, you mentioned the James Harden, uh, how that was when he left. I think. From a selfish standpoint, uh, from the fans, I, I keep it a year, leave it messy. Uh, kind of compare it more to the Deshaun Watson thing, where he, everyone knows he he doesn't want to be here, but hang on to him and and try to make the best out of a, a, a awkward situation. I mean, imagine think of the matchups you could set up if you could make force Houston and UT to have to play. Maybe have the, the potential matchups with Cincinnati and Oklahoma. If you can get that, at least for one year, that'll make ratings. That'll get buzz, especially in those markets, especially if Houston and UT have to make, whether it's for football, especially in basketball, with a lot of these schools have good men's basketball programs as well. I think you milk it and try to make the best out of an awkward situation. Now, turn around and you look at it from the American Athletic Conference perspective. You could, you could do the same thing where you'd imagine, like you said, if Houston and Cincinnati are meeting, whether it's like the American Athletic Conference Championship game, and regardless of whatever sport, you'd probably get brought up. But I don't know. Just from a selfish standpoint, there's two different things where I'd say I would love it if the Big 12 was selfish and they had that gap year. But from an American standpoint, um, I don't know if you could compare it apples to oranges where maybe it's better for them to have to move on just in terms of it's not as much uh, – benefit of them hanging on to those schools that maybe the Big 12 would have if they hang up, try to hang on to OU and UT. Will, James Tamer comment on this as well. Will, in Andy's scenario, if the teams, all the schools stay where they are, that means UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston will continue getting $6 million per year for three more years rather than 20 million per year. Why do that? Exactly. And then to, to look at it from even from a media standpoint, I just, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of a scenario where in that year of 14, if you will, if Texas wins the Big 12 tournament championship in basketball and Chris Beard at the final buzzer, they're on the podium, the stage, and Bob Bowlesby prepares to present the crystal basketball or whatever trophy that signifies them as big 12 tournament champions. And they walk off the court. The, it, the, you know, the, this the, happened. The, yeah. The in, sloppiness that that would leave 
I mean, when, the big um, they don't want that. They don't want I, that. I think it's happening, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong on this. When Louisville and Rutgers were in the first year of the American, Louisville men's basketball won championship. Then left. They were, they were in the conference for a year. The American claimed that championship. Louisville is now part of the Atlantic Coast Conference. That, I mean, that was, they claimed the championship for the American. Everybody knew Louisville was going to the, a the ACC. Do we want to do that? But the, the, the financial part of it, why, if you're those four schools, stay where you, in your current conferences and get less money if there's a chance for you to go to the Big 12 sooner and get more money? James? I mean, I agree. I don't see a big reason sort of, um, you know, with Texas and OU going to the SEC, it's all about money, like we talked about before. You know, they're not get, they're going into harder competition. Who wants to play Alabama in football um, rather than you know having Baylor and Kansas and those type of teams on your uh, schedule? And so the same thing, um, Houston, uh, UCF, or Cincinnati could have an easier time in the American. But um, I mean, take the money while you can because I mean it. I mean, six million to twenty million. You know, that's three times plus a little more. Than you're making right now so i think i mean it makes total sense to just you know take the money andy what were you going to say no i was going to say from that scenario where you look at the four schools that potentially uh, it's being reported by multiple outlets that they will apply early next week uh from their perspective i was just gonna say you don't wait especially with with the significant financial differences you know you look at the three american athletic conference schools whether they're making six million a year seven uh, to immediately change that out to 20 million, you're going to want to make that switch as soon as possible. What I was mentioning was from the Big 12 standpoint, like you mentioned, it might be more a little bit more complicated for OU and UT to have to make those payouts. But at the end of the day, I could, I could, and I could totally see each school, UT and OU, leaving to the SEC sooner, and then having these four schools join the Big 12. Uh, in an expedited process. I mean, honestly, with just how fast the entire scenario has moved within the last 48 hours. I, I think ESPN, the TV networks are playing a big part in this. Some folks don't like that. I mean, that could be the reality of, of the situation. When UConn left the American for the Big East, they gave, what, 12 months notice rather than the required mm -hmm. 18 24 months whatever they negotiated a 17 million dollar settlement that 17 million 11 of it came as in the form of the american did not pay yukon their share the money they were supposed to get so it was yukon it wasn't the fact that yukon paying it to the american the american just kept it they kept what yukon was going to get and yukon paid the remainder five six million over two, three years, something like that. So in a scenario like that with, with negotiations, and obviously that's a big difference, bigger difference. UConn football was nowhere near Cincinnati football for, from the American perspective. So if the American says, we're just not gonna give you your full share, pay the balance, and we'll leave in, leave in 12 months. How about that? 
I'll add something. I think um, the 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 Houston, Cincinnati, BYU. I think all of them moving to the Big Twelve will make the school more marketable. Maybe they'll get a uh, bigger name athletes coming in, so they'll also help generate money um, from the school. But I mean, just a TV contract alone, twenty million versus six million, that's a big deal. But I think they could um, recruit more money uh, by moving into the Big Twelve. Because they'll be able to, you know, get bigger, bigger athletes and they'll be able to do much more with their programs in, in the Big 12. Agreed. And James and Andy, UVA, it's announced their, what is it, what is it, here we go, campaign, the results the of the campaign, the billion yes. dollar um, that they raised 18 months ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Part of that campaign, I believe, Someone, I think it was someone, pledged fifty million dollars. Hmm. If if other donors uh, donated fifty million, this person was going to match up to fifty million dollars. So, Uvates has money. Uvates mm-hmm. alums have money. I I think Tillman's tired of going into his pocket to support the program. If U of H has other wealthy alums, I think Tamer makes a good point. U of H in the Big 12, if and when it becomes official with the announcements, I feel certain that the phone in the office is going to start ringing or where do I make a donation to the program again? Chris, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, What was that campaign goal? You said the total here we go one billion dollars one billion okay yep it started what was it five years ago and the goal is to raise a billion by 2022 something like that and if and it reached it by 2020 last year so you said you said, and you said you're matching 50, up to 50 million you said correct that's part so of it yeah you're, you're matching up to 50 got it got yeah it. yeah i'm gonna go into my uh my sock drawer and donate. Uh, I'm I'm the one with the 50 million, you know, oh, know. donation. Yeah, I already know. I know. I know. Yeah, y'all know. I'm, I'm doing this as a side hustle right here, folks on the sports. But yeah, yeah. You know what, Chris? You you put 50 mil. I'll put the other 50 mil. Let's do. We might as well make that bid for the SEC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> that makes three of us. I'll match Andy and Chris with 50 billion. Right, so go. James, you in too, man? Go and make it 200 million, man. We're, we're straight. James, let's, you got let's next. Go. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, the, the video presentation was nice. The donations from, I don't remember the total number of donors, but it was a few thousand. And the range of donations was from as little as $5 up to that $50 million. Yeah, that's Chris, the range. And to, to kind of stay on that point, uh, Joseph Duarte with Houston Chronicle literally uh, tweeted out a poll just probably like a few hours ago where he asked, would people be more inclined to buy season tickets and attend UH home games if they were admitted into the Big 12? And so far, whopping 87% of about 483 votes, so not not the biggest sample size, but 87% is still, they're saying, yes, they will buy season tickets if UH joins the Big 12. So that could be another factor, too. Maybe you see an, a rise in attendance, especially in those early years when we mentioned it, a lot more interstate rivalries with not only Texas Tech, who they play tomorrow, but Baylor, TCU, 
all these schools, even with Oklahoma State and those schools, there's a lot more local intrigue and you could not only fancy it would be more excited about those rivalry matchups. We kind of mentioned it, how in the American Athletic Conference, there isn't really that type of rivalry, uh, especially in football. You don't really feel it in basketball a little bit. You've seen a rivalry rival in Memphis, but I don't think it'd be as big as, you know, say if UH and Baylor has to play each other every year, especially after what happened in this past year in the Final Four. See, apparently we have, he could be joking, but we got somebody who's watching that <laughs> depending on how other alums move, he's going to donate over 100K. Right, so, hey, all for it. But yeah, Andy, UVA versus Baylor, UVA Texas Tech, UVA TCU, basketball, UVA Kansas. Man, yeah. for, from a basketball perspective, this conference I am, might be. I am all for this basketball. Oh, I mean, for basketball sure. wise, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Hey, hey Chris, do you think do you think uh, U of H moving into the Big Twelve? Um, I know he was talking about George, Joseph Dorte saying that fans said they would buy season tickets. Do you think more fans will buy season tickets to the women's basketball games if they move into the Big Twelve? Some will. I I think especially with. Texas women leaving, going to the SEC. Kim Mulkey leaving, Baylor going to the SEC for LSU. I think women's basketball in the Big 12 is wide, wide open going forward. And Coach Huey and the program could assume that, that, that top spot. They might get a sample. They play Baylor this season. Yeah, and they could beat Baylor this year. And they have, the fellas are too, official visits on campus as we speak. On men's mm-hmm. basketball and women's basketball. And women's basketball, the recruits reached out and asked the coaches, this is what I heard. So I hear y'all going to the Big 12. They're already talking about this. This is the recruits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this could be a boon for U of H. And just imagine. From U of H perspective, Cincinnati's perspective, the non, the new schools, you can tell recruits, we are going to be a power five program. Question for you, James, from Juan. What is the feel on campus around these big 12 developments leading and leading up to the Texas Tech game, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes? <laughs> but that was a plan all along, then this news broke. Well, but James answers that. Well, in terms of the Texas Tech game, I can tell you there's definitely a buzz and excitement on campus. Last week at the Cage Rage pep rally, the line was wrapped around the whole stadium almost. It was crazy when I was walking in. Um, I was surprised by that. And I know they, the university just announced they yesterday, I think, they uh, ran out of all the student tickets. They were allotted, mm-hmm. so they were giving up more. So I know um, students are excited um, part of it because, you know, they haven't had a normal football experience in 18 months or whatever. But then also, you know, there's been a lot of hype around this team and I think people are starting to buy in. And then in terms of the big 12, just from UH alum fans, students, I mean, people are excited because this is something a lot of people have been waiting for, for a while. And um, they look at this as a new opportunity. Um, Students have seen, you know, the university on the rise under Dr. Couture. And now, you know, maybe getting into that, uh, next level as an athletics uh, program. 
it's just it's just an exciting uh, feeling for a lot of students on campus um, that I've interacted with and things like that. I'm going to show my age as a UVA's alum from 94, class 94. The growth of on campus, in facilities, atmosphere, it's night and day. Um, basketball was was almost in, in a coma when I was there. Me and three friends, we we were like the what's the what is it called now, James? The cage rage at, at uh, Fertitta Center right now with the fans. We we were that. The four of us, we were the the taunters of the visiting teams. The four of us. That was it. We sat behind the opponent's bench and heckled the hell out of opponents. So much so, we went to conference Southwest Conference uh, Championship. One of the uh, players for Texas Tech remembered us. Weren't you the guys who heckled? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but it was the four of us. So to see reports of cage rage, students lining lining up around the stadium last week. That blows my mind because the, ap the apathy when I was there was just massive. Go ahead, Will. Chris, James, I'm not sure I heard you right. Did you say they, they ran out of student tickets to give? So they, they give away student tickets or do students buy tickets or? No, so they give them away. So they had 5,000 allotted for the game um, tomorrow at NRG. And the university announced either this morning or yes, last yeah. night mm -hmm. that they uh, ran out. and But they were getting more. I don't know how many more they were given, but I know. Um, even like at Cage Ridge was when they first were giving them out. You had to get these ones in person since it's at NRG. And the line was ridiculously long. And then they had uh, them at the box office um, right outside the stadium all week um, for students to come by and pick up tickets. Wow. Yeah. Well, students could get free tickets um, for football games. And I believe for, for basketball games, too. They just yeah. have to do them quickly. Like men's basketball Student tickets, like they and 30 send out, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. They're, they're cleaned out just because they're free, and it's like the hottest ticket for at the University of Houston. And it's good to see that transitioning over in football, but yeah, students don't have to pay for tickets at least for the student designated student section. Now, once those run out, you got to pay. Impressive. Can I go out on a limb? Yes, sir. If Houston joins the Big 12, just to guess on my part, I think students will start paying for tickets. That's impressive to me, though, that they give students tickets because. And see, uh, James, Andy, y'all correct me on this. Isn't this part of their student fees, though? Uh -huh. I mean, are they paying for it on that end? You got to register. If I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what all the fees are, are structured for, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but I mean. It might be built in, but I know like other schools like A&M and stuff have like, you know, $150 athletic pass that students have to buy. There's nothing like that. So it might be built in or it might just be, you know, a perk of being a student. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, can we just talk about, though, um, if we talk about Chris's time at the, at the university versus like, you know, me, James and Andy's time? It's just amazing what uh, Rena Couture has done, like in the last, what, 10 years she's been there? Um, she, she's been there for a little while, at least a decade, right? Right. 
Right. Yeah. So it's just it's kind of it's kind of awesome to see like the 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 school come full circle um, from it being you know four guys in the cage for Chris per se, and then now it's like overcrowded and students are like getting to the games at the Fertitta Center um, so many minutes early just to get a seat in the cage or a ticket. And I remember when I was at the university, I I too used to try to get a ticket just to sit in the cage to get the experience and. Every time I thought I was early enough, it never worked. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, th I think, but I think, um, moving into the Big Twelve with Rena Couture under the direction, I mean, that's just one more thing to add to, you know, all she's done for athletics, and she's made it very clear that she's all for building up athletics at the University of Houston. Yeah, I mean, adding on to Tamer's point real quick, uh, at Cage Rage last week, I spoke to Chris Pesman, um, the UH. Vice President of Athletics, and he talked to me about really how you know UH the UH fan base is really young, and they're really gr growing into this um, university and sport and support of the athletics from the students, the alumni, and so he's seen. He just gave me firsthand accounts, just you know, from his view, how he's seen it grow and um, how he expects it, you know, to continue to be on the rise for a while. And I mean, we've seen that evident with what we've been talking about with tickets and all. That and just you know the big, more more and more support each year it seems like be, uh, behind UH athletics. Agreed. One of the decisions to build more dorms on campus has helped. I think students feeling a part of athletics. I mean, you you guys are are part of Renaissance. When I was there and after I left, oh my gosh, it was it was just awful. You know, it, it was the. You, you did not, you could walk around campus and not know a game, it was game week. No signage, nothing. So the improvements, I mean, and I mean signs like the signs for election campaign candidates, nothing like that. So the changes from my time to now, enjoy it. You know, enjoy it, you know, it's great to see Kudos to Torino Couture and the people who are making it happen. And the students today, the young alums, continue this forward. Because at Houston, Athletic, Houston Athletics, the future can be very bright if y'all continue supporting the program. Before we get into U of H, Texas Tech football matchup, Will, I want to get your thoughts on last night's Ohio State, Minnesota game. Any concerns? Buckeyes did win. Mm -hmm. Any concerns about the defense? Oh, very much so. Absolutely. Uh, specifically the linebackers. Um, as you said, Ohio State did win 45-31 uh, with the freshman quarterback. First start on the road. Uh, C.J. Stroud performed typically as you thought he would. Had struggles in his first half and uh, – Came on in the second half through four touchdown passes. Uh, ended up with 294 through a pick. But that defense, absolutely. Uh, they obviously played last night without their starting cornerbacks. They started a true freshman, uh, Denzel Burke, at the boundary corner. Uh, freshman from Scottsdale, Arizona. Held his own. Uh, Cameron Brown was a late scratch. Uh, seven banks on the other side. Um, no reports yet as to why they missed, but Cam is expected to play next week versus Oregon uh, at the shoe. Uh, but the linebackers, the linebackers are are fair at best. 
uh, to the point that a running back at the beginning of fall camp three weeks ago switched positions to linebacker and he got extended playing time last night. So are they young? Are they freshmen as well? Are they, are they been there? No. What's the deal? No, they've been there. Uh, last year, the starting linebackers from last year left. They're gone. They 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 ex- exhausted their eligibility. Uh, P. Warner was a second round pick for the New uh, Orleans Saints. Tough Borland uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. They're just they they just don't have the experience. They're aged. They're juniors, uh, one sophomore, but they just don't have that that game experience, and it showed. I mean, the defensive line pretty much held its own. I mean, that defensive line is with Haskell Garrett, Zach Harrison, uh, Tyreek Smith. But the linebackers are going to be a crucial. They're gonna, it's going to be key. And then with, with uh, Oregon coming in here next week, is uh, at least we now have film. And you have uh, eight days to get them together. And hopefully uh, <laughs> they improve uh, before next Saturday at the shoe. Appreciate that, sir. And Will, that's what Will's going to do. Will's going to give us Big Ten updates, especially about the Ohio State uh, going forward. This is all part of folks talking sports. So don't roll your eyes about what you're talking about. I'm not talking about U of H. We're not talking about the Rockets. Folks talking sports. At some point, I may talk about um, World Cup qualifying matches and the 0-0, nil-nil draw the U.S. had last night against L3. That, that's awful. Against you know 10th rank in the world, a draw against the 64th team in the world. Do better. Got to do better with that. But okay, James, Houston, Texas Tech, break it down for me. Yeah, so this is a big one. Um, Houston, the whole program, you know, they've been talking about since their loss to Hawaii in the bowl game last year, that this 2021 is going to be the year of redemption. They're going to turn it around. They're sick of losing in the two losing seasons and Holgerson's first two years. Are done are are you know are are not going to carry over into this year and I mean this is a big game to prove themselves because while Texas Tech has been you know a team that's been in the mid to bottom tier of the Big Twelve in recent years this Texas Tech team is much improved they bring in a quarterback in Tyler Shuck from Oregon who uh, started every game for Oregon last year led them to the Fiesta Bowl so they have experience there their defense which has been you know non-existent really um, in previous years showed some improvement last year and they brought in a lot of key transfers especially in the secondary and then they have a few um and in, in, in linebacker so i think their defense will show improvement this year and when you look at houston's schedule we've already i've already talked about this on previous shows you know just how it's not a good schedule in strength in terms of strength um you know this is their opportunity to make a statement you know if they beat rice and grambling in the next few weeks i mean it wins a win but no one's going to care that much they're expected to win these games this is their chance to, you know, come out and make a statement against a quality opponent um, in a big time atmosphere, you know, playing at NRG in front of their estimating north of 50,000 fans. So, I mean, this it, if this is going to be the year that the programs emphasize, you know, we're redeeming ourselves, we're going to put UH on the map and um, get back to where we want it to be. This is where it starts uh, tomorrow night against Texas Tech. Who have the have uh, wide receivers as that position? Got you know strengthened. I know. I think previous shows that position was, what would we say, an area of concern for the Cougs. Yeah. Has it has that changed in practice? Not really. Not really. I mean, they've they've got to go with who they've got. The Monday, Dana Holgerson said that wide receiver Bryson Smith 
who is expected, you know, to play a decent role with the team is no longer with the program as he is no longer enrolled in school. So that's a big drop off there. And I mean, so they're, they're really like, like I've talked about before, they're relying on guys to step up tank Dell, um, stepped up last year. Um, and you know, led the team in receptions, but he's going to have to take a bigger role if he wants to be that true number one receiver. And then they're going to have to have other guys, whether it's Texas tech, um, transfer Keyshawn Carter or, uh, any other guy um, that that it might be, they're going to have to step up and make make uh, their impact because UH really does. That's their biggest area of concern right now is wide receiver. They don't have that depth that they uh, would like. And yeah, Andy, what are your thoughts on um, UH tomorrow versus Texas Tech? Yeah, you know it, it's funny with all the Big Twelve noise that we've been talking about. It's only fitting that it's going to be UH against Texas Tech. Uh, you know, it'd be funny if they added the stipulation of UH one there in the Big Twelve. But you know, kind of, kind of what James said. I think the the most intriguing thing from a, when it comes to a, on the field standpoint, I'm um, I'm just curious to see what the defense looks like. Obviously, last year, at least at the beginning of the season, they they showed improvement. They were really dominant, dominating, uh, dominant whenever they tried to stop the run against Navy, against BYU, against Tulane. They had really three strong performances to open the season and then injuries and COVID and all that really derailed any chances that defense had. And really after that Navy game, they struggled to stop anybody. Um, so I, I'm be interested to see how Doug Belk has his first full season as the defensive coordinator does and how the, the unit kind of looks a little bit different under him. And they're a much more veteran led uh, defense from years past. So I feel like that unit is probably the, the one that will be the most ready to go and like James mentioned, uh, you mentioned the struggles on offense for the, for the receiver core. But I think overall across the board, that offense is relatively uh, a bit of an unknown just in terms of a lot of the players that they're adding, whether it was from transfers. I know one one player that might be a, a name to watch for would be a tight end Seth Green, who uh, both Clayton Toon and I believe Dana Horson were high on him. James, you can, you can add on to this, but I know during the practice I got to see him like a couple of weeks ago. I was one of Clayton Toon's main target. And even at the running back position, um, it's a little bit interesting. Obviously, Mobile Car, who's been here, it seemed like, forever. I think it might be his sixth season with the program. Mm -hmm. um, you see him being the running back one. But even behind him, right now at the death chart that they released on Sunday, I believe they had Chandler Smith at the second option. Then you also have the transfer from Texas Tech, uh, Tejon Henry, I believe. So a lot of unknown with the offense, but – like James said, this is this the strength of schedule is low, and this is honestly the the year where the program, like, for for multiple reasons with the Big Twelve noise coming around, this is the the year where UH football has to start making some noise. And when you look at the schedule, and they can start off with a win against Texas Tech, honestly, they don't have any any like big opponents except that stretch that, that in the middle when there's like an eighteen day stretch where they play three games there may be a potential upset but if they can beat texas tech they might be able to pile on some wins and and really start getting some buzz for this program and for the season i'm gonna be the black sheep here really quickly because i know we mentioned that um donna holgerson and uh they called this their year of redemption but i think this is also a year of redemption for texas tech they too um, has had, you know, like you said, they've been at the bottom of the conference and this is their chance also to uh, prove 
themselves as well. So I think they're going to come out there just as hungry as, you know, the, the Cougs and, and, and fight for their point to prove like, okay, we can do this as well. Not saying that Houston is um, that big of a threat to Texas Tech. I'm sure that's how they're thinking about it. But it's kind of funny, right, Andy, that they're playing Texas Tech considering there's all of this talk about them moving into the Big 12. But also Texas Tech head coach, uh, like we talked about, I remember me, Andy, and um, Willie were on like a couple months ago before I went to Tokyo, and we talked slightly about if Dana Holgerson, uh, will, if, will he be here if this is not another record-winning season? And I read a couple articles before this, and I think that's a, kind of the same talk uh, for Texas Tech head coach as well. Um, they don't they, – they're, they're saying, you know, the president of the school doesn't expect them to get a 10-win season but um, they so certainly expect them to do better than a 4-8 season. Anybody know the spread, the line on the game? The last time I saw uh, Tech had uh, Tech was favored by one point. Um, yeah, I, I read like three articles, and they all favored uh, Tech to win. Tech okay, now, okay, now it's shifted to Houston one and a half, apparently. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, right, yeah, I just saw that. So, uh, that's still roughly one, one and a half either it, way. That's a pick it's a bit of a toss-up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a toss-up. I'd agree. <laughs> yeah. Matt Wells has something to prove, just like Dana Hogerson has something to prove. And see, that's one of the ironies of the expansion talk is U of H is about to become a Power Five, hopefully, member, with football being the weakest link. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Five years ago, U.S. football was, was it, was the hot ticket, and still didn't get invited to the Big 12. So I think partly that's because the Big 12 was a little desperate because Longhorns and Oklahoma left, and they trying to fill slots and stay relevant, keep that autonomy status. But Texas Tech trying to prove, hey, we are a Power 5 program. Y'all aren't yet. So – we're going to prove you're better than you. You're trying to prove that they belong. So 6 o'clock Saturday, NRG, NRG Stadium, Stadium, ESPN. Okay, who first? Who's going to make a prediction? Who you got? I mean, I can go if you want. Um, I, wrote ahead, this, I wrote this down yesterday. Um, in terms of – I'll start with what I'm looking for with Houston, and then I'll give my prediction. But, like, for Houston, I have three keys, you know, that I'm really looking for. One Andy hit on before is the, if the defensive hype um, in terms of depth lives up to the expectation. I think that will be key if Houston is to win this game. Also, how does the offense start? Last year, the offense only scored 30 total first quarter points. Not good at all. They were coming from behind in almost every game. They've got to start faster. And then how the UHO line performs with, you know, they've had 20-something combinations behind Toon. Um, during his starting time. So now they have a consistency. I'm looking to see how that performs. I think the UH does give a good showing um, and shows a lot of positives. But in the end, I have Texas Tech winning 34-31. Andy? Yeah, um, I agree with James. That, and honestly, he hit everything uh, right on the mark in terms of the keys, especially with it going back to the defense. Um, you know, look at Texas Tech offense. A lot of it is they're, they're new, too, but not only with their quarterback that transferred from Oregon, uh, Tyler, Tyler, or Kyle. Uh, what's his first name? I, I'm Tyler Shuck. Tyler Shuck. I know his last name is Shuck because we, we did a show a day on yesterday, and he, 
tell me how to do his name, but um, a lot of new faces on that offense, even a new offensive coordinator. So UH's defense should have an advantage there in terms of they have the continuity. They, they're much more familiar with not only the, the veteran leaders on the team, but just being in the system that they've been in. I could see that being an advantage for Houston, but uh, this is something I debate. I'm going to go with what I predicted last on our yesterday's episode of Pods by Majama, and that's I got Houston pulling it out, but I think this will be a high-scoring game, and I think Houston wins it 41-38. Tamer? All right. Um, I mean, I'm going to go Houston because that's instinct, but I, I read something that said, um, I think James talked about the offense and, and starting off. I read something that I think Clayton had 26 touchdowns last season, but 19 interceptions. I think certainly if he if the Cougars expect to win tomorrow, he's going to have to throw that out the window and he's going to need um, to get get hit. He's like the leader on the team um, on offense wise. So I think he's going to have to hype his little, his, his office team up a little bit. And then, you know, defense is going to have to do their job and I'm going to pick Houston to win. I don't have an exact score because I don't want to be wrong, but I'm picking. There's nothing, wrong, there's nothing wrong being wrong. Just throw it out there. You guys think it's going to be a high scoring game. I, I, I don't really see it being a high-scoring game, but I'll go 35, uh, 35-28, Houston. Okay, well, I have done no research prep for tomorrow's game because it's football. If this is basketball, I can give you a, a good summary and preview, but, you know, this is football. Um, any thoughts, any prediction on tomorrow's U of A Texas Tech game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's personal. With, uh, I think uh, James said it. Uh, Matt Wells' seat is a little warm. Um, in 2018, there was a lot of people in Lubbock wanted then the Horgerson, but enough instead of Matt Wells. And so now he's coming in here, and I think he's coming in to show a Texas Tech made the right choice, and B, he's gonna put. Some, I think he's coming in here to, to wanting to put something on Houston to make his point. And Sonny Cumbie's offense, I mean, his air raid, everywhere he's gone, whether it's uh, TCU, not Texas Tech, his offense is that air raid, quick strike, track beat, running up and down the field. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. I'll say Texas Tech 63-37. Oh, so you're not even giving – Woo! Okay, that's a wrap there, Will. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm picking. Texas I'm loyal Tech. to no one. No, I'm, I'm picking Texas Tech because until proven otherwise, I don't have any confidence in Dana Holgerson. So, prove me wrong, please. If but, I have to choose, I'm choosing Matt. Well, I'm choosing um, Tyler Show over Clayton Tune just because of what Chris said. I mean, the last couple of years we've seen him play, it just hasn't been anything intriguing, and you know, Tyler. Let, led the let Oregon into like two winning seasons, not two winning seasons, like championship wise, but you know, he did what he had to do coming from a, a smaller school once he got the chance to be at Texas Tech. I'm picking Texas Tech. Oh, okay, James Andy, you talked about Houston's defensive line having depth, quality depth. How about the secondary? Yeah, so in terms of secondary, they're led by 
experienced corners and Marcus Jones, who's one of the most highly rated corners in all the nation. And also he's arguably the best punt returner in the nation. Um, and then um, Demarion or Pepe Williams, Pepe is his nickname. Um, they, those are both experienced guys who um, are veterans. And so they've got some experience there. The big thing is they're a little undersized and uh, Texas Tech's best receiver, um, their number one guy is Eric. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't want to butcher it, but he's 6'3". Marcus Jones is 5'10", I think. Um, so it will be interesting to see that matchup. Um, you know, a highly talented corner, but, you know, having to make up for, you know, his lack of size. I think that will be an interesting matchup. And then in the secondary, they, they're led by Hassan Hippolyte um, at safety. And then they also got uh, a few other guys back there that have some experience. But, yeah, so they, they've got leaders back there, but also um, there, there will be some new faces as well shuffled in there. Andy, any thoughts on Juve's secondary? Uh, regarding secondary, no. James hit it right on the on the head again, just in terms of the two main corners that are leading them with Damarian Williams and Marcus Jones. But I'm kind of interested to see the linebacker position that's kind of led uh, by Deontay Anderson. I know one player that has been that both Doug Belk and, and Dana Hoverson have been high on, and even some of the players too is Manny Nunnery. And James, I know you can talk about him a little bit more, but – just in terms of what they've seen from him. They've been really impressed with him through training camp. And like I mentioned, the coaches have been high on him. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he can produce uh, on the field tomorrow. Yeah, in terms of Manny Nunnery, he's a young guy. Doug Belk um, in his press conference the other day said he would uh, play a lot. We'd see a lot of him. The biggest thing that stood out to me, obviously, I, we haven't gotten to see these guys play live. We've seen him a little bit in practice. But Deontay Anderson described Manny Nunnery as the one of the best pure athletes he's ever seen, regardless of the sport. Um, and there's videos of him uh, nunnery dunking basketballs and stuff. So he's got that athleticism. And I do think Andy brought up a good point with him that he could be, you know, one of those surprise faces um, that makes a big impact for the team um, because he's just his build and his skill set uh, fits well. And obviously he's been impressive in practice, according to all his coaches and players. Yeah, and one more name I wanted to add from the defensive line, Logan Hall. Uh, going back to Doug Belk, he had high praise for him this week, too. He said he could potentially be one of the best players in the country. And something along with um, one of the transfers they added, uh, I'm kind of blanking on his name. Uh, Baxter, Baxton, Latrell Baxton, I think that's his name. Bankston. Bankston, correct. Yeah. Who, you know, he said that he, one of the things that attracted him to U of H was just the recent success they've had the last few seasons in developing uh, upfront defensive linemen with Ed Oliver and Peyton Turner that have gone the first round in the NFL draft. So um, this this defense, is, they've been high, and it's been something that I feel like is going to be the strength for this team, and I'm just interested, interested to see how they do against, like Will said, an air raid type of offense that can put up points on the board. Hearing that from you guys almost got convinced me to change my pick. <laughs> to pick Texas Tech to win so 41 31 yeah. uh, I hope I, as an alum I hope to, I'm wrong no. but if they do win tomorrow sets up with the soft schedule pretty much the rest of the season for a promising you know football season for the program assuming everybody stays healthy well, we got the prediction. I mean, because weeks ago, 
I predicted that to lose it against Texas Tech, so I'm not going to change that. We still kind of all picked them to go eight and four, but based on the week schedule. But U of H tomorrow, guys. Think about this: games on ESPN. The announcers. Do y'all know who's gonna who's calling the game? Yeah, I know the color commentator is gonna be Robert Griffin the third. Oh, this is the game. He's oh okay. Yeah. Well, I think a few times we're gonna hear during the broadcast. Well, you know, Houston's joining the Big Twelve. Gonna rumor reports are that Houston's gonna join the Big Twelve. Michael Resco. You 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 will be hearing that said all season long. Houston's gonna be joining the Big Twelve. Houston's gonna be joining the Big Twelve. Basketball games, national matchups, the Virginia game. How do you how, how much longer do you want to hear that for a, a full twenty seven months? Come on, Commissioner. Reach, reach an agreement, negotiate a deal, move forward for everybody involved, the, the schools that you're going to invite to, re, to fill in to replace U of H, Cincinnati, and UCF, just move forward. I, I, that's, that's my take on it. I'm not naive. You know, folks want to cling, cling to money and cling to pride and all this other kind of stuff, but I, I hope one season is done and one of the ironies for me personally for weeks i was planning to attend big 12 basketball media day this season assuming if they want to have one in person well wednesday i was told they're going to have one in person they're trying to finalize details and location but i know all that i got the dates uh men's one day women's another so, and the big person I spoke to said, Chris, glad you haven't forgotten about us. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this, man, from basketball. But I got y'all on to talk football throughout this season on Folks Talking Sports. And that's what we're going to do. Going to start with uh, Tamer. How can folks find you on social media? Oh, Tamer and her, and her vlog will vlog, V-L-O-G, vlog. Mm -hmm about the Olympics. Tammy, real quick, let's talk about that experience. Oh, it was very awesome. If you guys have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do so. You can find me on YouTube at Tamer Knight. I kind of brought folks along with my vlog to kind of showcase what it is that I was doing while I was there. Um, I served as a production assistant for Tokyo Tonight with Kenny Main and Carrie Champion. Um, they were our show hosts, and I was the production assistant in the feature department. So I just served as coming up with story ideas, creating highlights and bumpers for the show. And I worked with the producers. Um, there was about three of them, Alexa, Adam, and Sarah. And so I was just kind of their guinea pig. Uh, they, I did whatever they told me to do, but very very um great opportunity and i look forward to doing it again you guys can find me on twitter and instagram at t night sports that's t k n i g h t sports and be sure to subscribe to my youtube channel and watch my nbc tokyo 20 olympics vlog well how can folks find you sir uh they can find me on all social platforms uh well twitter and instagram at Will Gibson 7, uh, Facebook, the Will Knows 
uh, Facebook page, and also the www.wtgsports.com. James, how can folks find you? Yeah, Twitter at JDM2186, and then all my work is on the dailycougar.com. Andy? Yeah, and they can follow me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Be sure to check out our podcast, uh, Pod Slamma Jamma. That's P A W Slamma Jamma. Um, Dayon and I had a new episode come out on Thursday, which we kind of did a little breakdown of this upcoming matchup between the University of Houston and Texas Tech. James and I will both be at the game on Saturday, so be sure to follow us on Twitter. We'll I'm sure we'll be providing constant live updates throughout the game and uh, post game reaction. By the way, Chris, they will. It, it, I believe they they said that they'll have post game conference in person for those in attendance. That's correct. So we're back, and uh, I mean it makes sense. They had, you have to be required uh, to be vaccinated to be just even be able to get a uh, a media credential. So. Hopefully it all goes well. I mean, tomorrow, big, big day. Finally, it's here. The NHL has announced that uh, media can interview players in locker rooms. I saw that, I think, earlier today. Uh, the NBA this week has announced, you know, different criteria for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players, staff, personnel, fans seating within 15 feet on the court to the players, all those things. I hope... You know, Will and I talked about this, talked about with this with uh, Andy as well. I do hope the NBA allows locker room access for the vaccinated folks because it, it just it's different. <clears throat> it's better to talk to players off the record sometimes and just chop it up with them and just get to know them as people, joke with them, talk about their families and just different things, other sports, other interests. It helps going down in the future for stories and access, things like that. Everybody, thank you for joining the show. I'm Chris Gardner of Houston Round Bar Review. Website you see there, thrr.com, as well as houstonroundbarreview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, Twitter, VHR Review. Folks talking sports. I think, well, I might have the same guests on next week, next Friday. Next Friday could be a big day if the president's yeah. <laughs> making official with a vote. So how how about how do y'all stand for joining us doing, doing this again next Friday, same time? Tamer, that work for you? Yep. Will, that work for you? Sir. James? Sounds good. Andy? Yep. Okay, viewers, Juan M, thank you very much for tuning in, man. Don't be a stranger. Um we're going to be talking a lot of U of H sports throughout the season. U of H basketball, we've got sponsors for that That's starting uh, November for college basketball season. But if anyone is interested in sponsoring these shows going forward, hit me up, hit one of us up, and we'll make it happen because we believe in what we're doing. We think it's a good pl platform to uh, share our insight with, with the viewers. And thanks for the questions and the comments. Everyone, take care. And see you next Friday. Peace. See you later.